Hey guys, and welcome to our second installment of MK Speaks. Uh, I'm Mary Ann Kyle. I'm your host tonight. If you follow me, you know I'm a vocal coach. I do vocal workshops as well. And tonight we are discussing something very near and dear to my heart. Uh, we are discussing fitness and nutrition and how it impacts our mental health. And we, of course, as creatives and teachers and singers know that uh, post the pandemic, our mental health has been uh, in a state of decline, so to speak. And uh, we've all begun to address the fact that we've been sitting in our homes for a year, uh, trying our best to keep up our mental and physical health as well. But I wanted to introduce you. Actually, I'm going to let my coach introduce you tonight. I'm so pleased to welcome to this discussion my coach, Coach Brian. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Hi, I'm uh, James Brown McMillan, also known as Health Coach Brian on most so social media channels. Uh, I have also have a uh, online wellness company named Should It Be Clean. Uh, I've been running it for about five years. We started it before COVID. I got on the on the on the bandwagon way before everyone else went virtual. I saw a need in the community of for people for for accountability for the 23 hours they're away from the gym. At the time, I was I owned a CrossFit facility for for about 12 years, and I wanted to make a change, so I made a big big jump. So here we are. That's great. Well, you guys, if you've been following my journey, you know that for at least the last 10, 11 months that I have been on both a mental health journey, as well as a physical fitness and nutrition journey. And the difference is I have been on that journey, I think all of my life, but now in my fifties, I realized that those three things had to come together for me in order for uh, it to be successful and integrated into my life and not just be a diet. And so I'm really thrilled and, and pleased to have my coach here today. I'm actually going to tell you a little bit about my journey later on, but what I want coach to tell us is I, you started this company. So tell us why it was other than what was, what were the seminal events in your life that led you to start this particular company? Well, you know, when any, any little bit of knowledge comes in, into your, you know, hemisphere of thought. Initially for me, I had an uncle when I was a child, when I was younger, it was pretty influential in my life. And worked really hard all his life and worked 12 hours to six, six or seven days a week, probably. And I uh, built this nice empire for his family and uh, um, retired and had a heart attack and died the, the same year. So he never got to enjoy it. So I always thought in the back of my head, there was something we should do for these guys. There's got to be something there. You know, there's got to be some type of idea, some type of plan, some type of program, some type of something that we can do to help these guys extend their life and have a better quality of life. So that's where it kind of started for me. So then I went to the military, um, went um, to a, a special forces branch and went into uh, become a medic. And during my time as a medic, anytime I came across a new disease or new injury or anything, I always referred back to the physician's desk reference to kind of familiarize myself with it. Even though it's out of my scope of care, I wanted to have the best amount of knowledge possible. So it really got me, in tune with disease and disease processes and that continued my, my train of thought so you know here i am here's this thing here's this thing that's pretty common with most people we didn't understand why science continued on and then uh people started talking about metabolic syndrome and uh, metabolic syndrome is the thing that we need to beat that's going to help these guys tell us tell us about metabolic syndrome what is that so metabolic syndrome is the disease of the metabolism and uh, it's, it's uh, really diagnosed, really uncommonly diagnosed. A lot of people don't talk about it, even though it's the most prolific killer of human beings in the history of, 
of human beings. Um, uh, the numbers are pretty prolific as far as death goes, but I, I would say about 65% of the, of the adult population today is currently in the middle of metabolic syndrome. And it's the co-occurrence of about five different symptoms. So you got to have three of the five in different, you know, sequences to be considered uh, um, positive toward having this syndrome. And what happens is you have to have uh, high uh, triglycerides, high triglycerides or high lipids, a large central obesity. So like your, your stomach has to be larger than your hips, hypertension. Uh, um, and there's a few others, a couple of, a couple others, uh, other uh, symptoms that I'm not really in tune with right now, but what happens is when you become uh, positive for this syndrome, it increases your chances of, of having Alzheimer's, cancer, stroke, heart disease. And um, there's one more by 65%. So uh, what this accounts to is about $1,500 per person that America spends via taxes a year trying to treat this particular syndrome. So it's paramount, you know, we, we pretty much shut the country down for, for less than, you know, a million deaths this over the last three or four years. And uh, metabolic syndrome kills 10 times that a year. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking about it enough. And it's a very uh, difficult syndrome to be able to treat because it takes a myriad of techniques of rehabilitation to be able to, to, to go after it. And um, I started my research on that and um, I'm not a medical doctor or anything, but uh, what my particular certifications do as a nutritional therapist allows me to be able to educate, which is primarily what most people need to be able to defeat metabolic syndrome. First, they have to know and understand what the problem is and then implement a plan over a long period of time as if they are in re rehabilitation to be able to de defeat it. Yeah. And so you have to start that process. And once you start the process, it is a very easy, you know, it's not easy, but it's, it's something that you can defeat and you can change the, the, the disease process in that. Yeah. I mean, when I started with you, I think I was on eight different medications at 55 years of age. And I was on two lipid medications and one triglyceride medication. And I, all of these doctors were trying to figure out where my problems started because I didn't look like someone who would be suffering from such high level of cholesterol and triglycerides. And some of it was hereditary. I have some American, uh, I have some Native American background in me, but it really wasn't until I started kind of working through this dietary and fitness process with you and understanding food and its role in all of that, mm -hmm. all of those things together that I was able to actually come off of all of those medications. In fact, my doctors were really surprised that within six months. I wonder if they were upset about it. You know, they're losing them some of their money, you know. I'm well, you, you they and don't I want that. They do want, no, they don't want that. <laughs> no, you and I've talked before because one of them was like, uh, you know, I don't like to take my patients off of medication. And, uh, but he couldn't deny the numbers, particularly over s several uh, different cycles of looking at these numbers. And so it has for me, and we're going to talk more specifically in a moment, but it has for me made a huge difference. 
in correcting that path in my life. And of course, you and I both know that my mother also has Alzheimer's. And so mm. there are a number of reasons. That was one of the reasons I started on this process with you was because of that. So there are a number of things that I have seen in my own life change direction by following a lot of these things that may seem uh, uh, counterintuitive. When we get sick, we want to go to the doctor. Right. Um, is there a way to do this where you don't have to depend on medication? So that's kind of one of the things we're talking about today. So tell me, coach, tell me some of the more self-destructive behaviors that you see in some of the clients that come past you that you've worked with. You know, I think the most, you know, when it comes to self-destructive behavior, you have to kind of, you know, understand what a health coach's job is, is, is here to do. We're not a psychologist. We're not here to unwrap your past. What my job as a health coach is to do is to help you unwrap your future. So what I like to do is work hand in hand with doctors and help them move, move a, a, a patient along or an athlete along through the progression of what they may teach them. So if they're having a particular problem with uh, self-destructive behavior, and most people's self-destructive behavior is uh, uh, internal dialogue. You know, they talk bad to themselves. And so what that does is it creates a, uh, a dilemma internally. So we don't know what happens if the chicken came before the egg or the egg came before the chicken. But whatever happens is this bad internal dialogue reinforces bad behavior. So, you know, you can talk bad to yourself. So it allows you to be able to go to the Burger King and grab a, a Whopper because you feel bad. And then you feel bad again. So then you go buy some more. So it's like a snowball effect at that point. So what we want to do is a, a, is a slight modification in behavior. And it's part of our set points called the fit thinker. So we try to help them first become in tune with what they're doing and help them understand with what they're doing and then a way to fix it. So what we, what we try to do is if we're going to take a habit away, we're going to give you a positive habit to be able to fix that. So what our positive habit is to take away this bad internal dialogue is to inject uh, practicing gratitude throughout the day. So that changes your, uh, your internal dialogue toward negativity to positivity. And then bang, magic happens. You start telling your subconscious that things are okay. Things are great. And then the internal processes has changed and the stress hormones go away. And then, and then that's what the problem is with metabolic syndrome is the stress hormones. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Of course, people that follow me know that I, I really love thinking about how the brain processes um, physical behaviors, how the mind processes some of that and then puts it in practice on stage. But I, it, the process for retraining, your, I guess, retraining your brain to not talk smack to you and to retrain your habits around that. It's the same process when we go on stage. Mm -hmm. We're training ourselves not to think critically about our performance, but to think creatively. The same sort of pathways are built in there. And you're right, when you replace that dialogue with something like gratitude, and so instead of I, my life is terrible, I'm going <clears throat> to get some ice cream because I deserve it because my life is terrible. Once you then say, yeah, but you know what? I have running water and a beautiful family. Once you mm -hmm. replace that, it will begin to rewire the way the brain processes stimuli. It changes everything. It changes everything. It really does. It, really does. I, it, it absolutely does. It's a miracle kind of how it works. So let's talk for a minute about this whole idea of nutrition and fitness and where it intersects 
with our mental health once we're in the process of making changes? Because you talked about that sort of the, the fit thinker, a fit to, uh, the fit thinker kind of idea. But let's talk about once they start that process, what, where does mental health intersect with this whole nutrition fitness journey? So it's pretty much proven that a lot of mental health problems start with deficiency. So, you know, in order to plug the holes of deficiency, you have to actually look at your nutrition. And once you start to get an understanding of like most people are calorically saturated, but nutriently malnourished. Wait, say that again, because that's an important moment. That's an so important. most people are calorically saturated. That means they're taking too many calories, but they are nutritionally nutrient vitamins wise malnourished. Yeah. And once that process starts, it creates all kinds of uh, internal issues within the brain and the body. And uh, within the exercise side of it, we have been uh, like uh, what we call like stalk hunters our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in order for our bodies to perform effectively, we have to move and move constantly. And uh, the, the nutrients will not get delivered effectively unless we're doing that. So all those things have to be in, in order for them to work effectively. So like, you know, what most people do, they start a diet and then they just crash their diet. They don't do any exercise with it. And they're, they're making the deficiency worse because they're not taking in the protein, which is most people's problems. And then because, you know, protein and fat has been villainized over the last 15 years, which is absolutely terrible. <laughs> um, so, you know, what we want to do is create a balanced approach within that. So you want to get a balanced approach of carbs, fat and protein and, and to match it with adequate levels of exercise. And when you do that, the brain lights up and things start to take over effectively the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I really truly believe that our, our bodies has, have, has the ability to be able to evaluate us whether or not we're good members of the tribe or not. If we're the top member of the tribe that's sitting in the teepee all day, eating up all the tribe's food, our genetics is gonna take us out. And this is the process of called epigenetics. Our, our genetics can flow as we get older. If you were to look at the genetics of, a, of, of twins when they're born, they're, they're genetic copies of each other. As they come, come in contact with external stimuli and you actually look at their genetics again, whenever they're in their fifties, they're different people. So if you're the type of person that's out there hunter gathering, providing for the tribe, you're helping the, the humanity survive. So then you're going to be able to survive longer yourself. So I, I really feel like that's, that's the key. Most people have to understand they have to stay active. They have to, you know, our ancestors were, were exceptionally fit superheroes. <laughs> and I love the way we're going to talk in a little bit about the 10K lifestyle and all of that. But I love the fact that you talk about how much our ancestors used to walk per day just mm -hmm. to be able to go out and hunt and stay alive. And that mm -hmm. was built into our genetic makeup and how we've gotten away from that. And particularly since the pandemic, we've gotten so attuned to being inside and sitting mm -hmm. and staring at social media and other things like that, that it's kind of, that's become our new habit. So mm -hmm. and it's hard. It's hard. Once you allow that process to start in your body, it's hard to get going again. I've been there. I've been there and wow. it's super hard to get started again. You know, you have to find some type of external motivation. And that's what we're, what we're here for as coaches to help people stay in tune and be accountable to themselves and get back going, you know, 
Sometimes mm-hmm. you need a kick in the butt. Absolutely. And one thing I'll tell you guys, you guys are following. Sometimes it takes something major in your life, like a family illness or a death to move you towards doing something better for yourself. The most important thing about this is it starts with you doing something for yourself. You cannot be better for others around you, your family, your teachers, your students, anyone in your atmosphere, unless you do it for yourself first. It's an inside out job. It really is. I think that's hard, particularly for people like me who want to do so much for other people at the expense Mm -hmm. of myself. I know we see that a lot in my business. And so. Yeah, a really famous guy I like to follow has a, a thought about that. He he says, you know, you got to learn to clean your own room before you set about to save the world. Oh. And I really feel like that's true. You know, you, as an individual, you're not going to be able to save the world. No. But as an individual, you can clean your own room and keep your hemisphere as great as possible. And then if everyone is doing it, we can transcend here on Earth. That's the key is transcendence. You know, and if we're not all working together, then we're never going to make it together. And you don't, I mean, you know this because you're, you and I are both, you know, doing our business and thing on social media. But a lot of times all we have to do is live our lives and sort of be honest with people. And we don't realize how far our sphere of influence reaches out just because we're taking care of ourselves and preaching our truth. And so, so sometimes I get messages from people that I haven't heard from in years or don't know at all. And so always amazed at our sphere of influence when it starts from within us for those genuine reasons. I've seen that a lot. It's the same thing as like a frequency or what you call a ripple. Like you drop a, a little bit of water in, on, in, you know, a drop of water and into some water and that ripple goes out. It's the same thing. Once you create energy in your life, the ripple goes out and it may hit some people. It may hit some people and really, you know, affect them, you know, really incredibly. And they may want to jump in and help you. Or, or join you. So, you know, that's, you know, as long as it's, you know, toward positivity, it's a great thing because we see enough of the negative people yeah. following that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, from that. so, speaking of which, and you and I've talked a lot about this in, in my time working with you, which is my uh, idea of my outer image versus how I feel. And so, with social media, we have become so fixated on appearance and particularly in my business. Appearance is, is key. I mean, I sing opera, I sing musical theater and commercial music, but I think 30 years ago, you could be pretty robust in size and still work as an opera singer. But now because we have television and everyone's focused in on the singer, suddenly it's how we look over how we sound. And so physical appearance has become this, this guiding philosophy for a lot of us. And so what I wanna know is when you're talking to people who are fixated with outer appearance, but they really need to make a physical change for their own health. How do you guide them through that process as a coach? It's really simple. You have them focus on work. Work is the way, you know, work is the way, you know, what's, what is in the way, you know, that whenever you start within that whole process of work, you're no longer really concentrating on what's internal. You're just focusing on what you need to work on. So it takes your it takes your mind off that, and you're then you're focusing on the goal. We all need purpose, and you know looks is is a, a side benefit, and you know it may come along with it. And typically, if you're doing your work right, it will. But you know if you just keep it simple, you know focus on your work, then things will get there. 
a lot of times people are, are trying to, and this is, I think, part of the fault with social media. They don't understand the work that it took for Elon Musk to get where he is. They don't understand the work that it took Gary V to get where he is or Oprah or any of those people that they had to, you know, trog through the, the terribleness of, of what they've had to go through to get to the heights that they are now. And it starts with one win. You have to start small. And once you start to establish those small wins, then it starts to accumulate and build. And then you get confidence and then you slay more dragons. And that's, that's it. That's what it I takes. Like, and I love when you, when you'll say, you know, we'll get in our heads and we're talking smack to ourselves and to you. And you're like, just do the work, just do the work. Just, just do the work. It's, it's, doesn't matter. Don't talk about it. Be about it. <laughs> just, oh, like just get that. on it. Keep it. We no. don't. You guys, you, what was it? you said, looked at me one day, like, keep it simple, stupid. I'm like, yeah, keep it simple. I'm not going to say that, but yeah, you could say it. <laughs> no, I'm already mean enough at looking as it is. I'm going to try to keep it nice here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of the questions, so you, you, I've been with you probably 10 or 11, almost 11 months, 10, well, no, 10 months, I guess now I've been with you as both a fitness coach and a subscriber to Shut Up, Be Clean. And um, in that time, you have been really crucial in helping guide me through this whole nutrition and fitness journey. Um, and, you know, one of the things that, that people who know me or don't know me is that I have for years suffered, suffered with body dysmorphic disorder, which my mother used to jokingly call fat eyeballs. It wouldn't matter what I saw in the mirror. I always saw something that was not my actual appearance. And what it did was it affected my relationship with eating to the point where I would control my food thinking I was doing well and just did not have a, an accurate image of, of what I looked like. So um, you talk a lot about us as athletes. And the first, I remember the first time you called me an athlete, I was like, who in the heck is he talking about? But I know you have a lot of clients who suffer from this, this sort of skewed vision of how they look versus how they actually are. So tell me how you guide folks through that. Or do you, do you just work the process? Well, I don't really give a damn what you think about yourself. My, my job is to make you go somewhere and, and we're, we're going to be here to, to manifest some great stuff, you know, and, and you're going to be an athlete. If you're going to train with me one way or the other. And the day that you start with me, you're an athlete in my eyes. So we're manifesting that. So that's the energy I'm putting out. And that's where I'm going to, I'm not going to let you're going to have to quit before we don't accept it. So, you know, and this is the way I stick with it. You know, I, I I'm a little bit nicer to that in, in effect with my clients. They probably don't ever hear me talking like that, but um, <laughs> this is the way I, I think, you know, I, we've, we've got to manifest this thing, you know, and, and put our willpower toward it, no matter what it's non-negotiable. So, you know, you're an athlete and it's non-negotiable at that point. And um, that's where we're going with it. And that's the way I, I take that approach with all my people, you know, where you're an athlete, you got to start eating. And so that's part of once I start programming people set on that, it allows them to understand, especially, you know, someone that was going through what you were going through, that it's okay to eat like an athlete. Yeah. You know, and, and I hate to say this, but, you know, a lot of people get stuck on eating like a girl, you know, <laughs> and, you know, eating like a bird. And, yep. <laughs> you know, I think that we, we've, adjusted not to tell too many things that's going on with you but i think that you know we've taken you you know to heights and caloric intake that you didn't think probably was possible as you know i don't want to give your age away but 
you're in your mid fifties, correct? Or (laughs) so, and then you're eating more than 2000 calories a day and um, working your tail off and you have plenty of energy to, to teach and, and thrive and, you know, and have tons of energy, just like you have right now, you know, it's, freaking eight o'clock at night and you're bubbling teaching all day long too. <laughs> i wish i had that energy <laughs> two workouts this morning that's right yeah you know you bring up a great topic because i work with so many teachers right now who are just slam burned out and a lot of them come to me they want vocal device but they really also want to know how it is that i maintain my my creativity, my excitement for the work after being in it 20 plus years. And one of the things I tell them is that I am constantly curious. I, I, I hope to stay curious until the day I drop dead. And that includes this process that you and I are working through is that from the time we started each new goal, I'm curious about what happens when I engage that, work my way towards that goal. And one of the things we're working on right now is the amount of food I'm taking in And there was a period of time where my brain went, there's no way I can eat all of this food. Yet you said, do this and you'll get to an attainable weight that you want to be and your muscle mass will support all the rest of it. It's going to support your energy. And by damn it, you're right. (laughs) It works. You know, you just got to let your, it's it's a process of thriving. You know, um, you have to give an adequate amount of macronutrients, right? And then really try to help people through their deficiencies, through their micronutrients. And once you plug all those holes, then the body will work. There's a reason why we are the apex predator on earth. You know, we are the apex predator. You know, we're the highest of the highest of the high, the feeding chain. And, you know, once we get all those things primed, there's no limit to what we can do. So, you know, you just have to cure your deficiencies. And that's in behavior, too. That's within sleep. That's in with your internal dialogue. That's when your activity. That's when your exercise, because activity and exercise is two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and once you you know get in tune with your nutrition and eating clean, shutting up, and you know all that kind of stuff, and and just focus on those things, things progress really fast. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you're on steroids. It actually is, is quite amazing how clear my thinking has been when I've worked on all of those things together. And how much clearer I am as a teacher, how much I clearer I am as a coach, just in my daily activities, I'm able to process more and for longer periods of time, even at my age, because I have attacked them all from that area as one, as one goal, basically, I'm going to work on all these things together. Uh, so that brings me to something practical here. And you, you talk a lot about doing the work. And so the people in my in my world are are running with crazy schedules all day long. Perform, performers, teachers, creatives. We have these ridiculous work schedules and performance schedules. So, what are some important first steps that are you think are attainable for people when they're starting this journey? First of all, don't make it so rigid. You know, try to develop a plan that's pliable. And so that's what we've done within our program is making that we make a almost like a video game out of it. So you get this, you know, this Pavlovian reward on a daily basis for being able to hit your numbers. And whenever you start to hit your numbers, that's what increases your metabolism. And then your body has to make the hormonal changes to be able to maintain these numbers. So first of all, you want to maintain and and create good numbers for you to be able to chase. So how do you chase your numbers? You get a good, you get a good smartwatch and you hire a good coach. 
and let the coach make some decisions for you <laughs> as far as what numbers to, to, to chase, you know, everybody. So it's really hard for me to throw numbers out there because everybody's a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could say, you know, eat 1800 calories and get 10,000 steps a day and it may work for some people, but, you know, I think you and I were having this conversation the other day, not all carbs are made the same. You know, you can be eating dirty carbs all day and think you're doing well and you're not. So, uh, you know, um, it's, it's a matter of making the right kind of decisions with the right kind of knowledge. And I think a lot of people are making the mistake of not taking their health seriously enough and trying to take, the, you know, taking the lowest bidder possible when it comes to these type of programs. And, and I, you know, I, I've tried to stay clear of that. Um, I, I don't want to be associated with uh, anyone that's not serious about their health. So, you know, someone that's looking for a $34, you know, a month type thing is, is not, you're not being serious for yourself. You only have one life, you know, why, why don't go after the biggest, awesome, most awesome thing possible. I mean, you're, most people are, are paying a, a $500 note for a car that they only sit in for 2% of the day. You're going to be in this body for, for the rest of your life. And, you know, people flinch when they got to pay, you know, 100, 150, maybe $200 a month for to change their life through nutrition and exercise and mindset. So, you know, I, I, you know, I think that's pretty much it as far as that goes. I will tell you, and as a plug for what you do, what you've done for me and what I've seen you do with countless friends of mine in my circle who are with you is that 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 investment comes with that daily accountability, that weekly appointment. And the most, I think the most important thing was you spend time with each and every client to figure out what is going on with them physically, what their big goals are, their little goals are. You really take into consideration their age, their metabolism, all of those things. And you design, you, you basically write a prescription mm-hmm. for each of your, each of your clients that matches their goals and where they are in their lives. And of course, several people, my atmosphere from like in their thirties all the way into their sixties are with you right now. And I've seen them walk through this process successfully. And I'm always amazed at how well you tailor it and take the time to get to know them and work through their problems with them and work through their, their, their sort of whole mental outlook about eating and, and fitness and how that integrates into their life and into their mental health. And so I agree that I think you have to be willing to invest something in that because it's not just us we're trying to keep alive, but all of those in our atmosphere that care for us so much, very much Mm -hmm. want to take care of ourselves. And uh, I think that's a good segue between, you know, uh, when you're, when you're trying to make decisions on, on your health, you want to try to get into the best possible decision. So that when I was making my coaching decisions, you know, and, and I want to be able to help people. I, my first idea was that I want to be authentic. I don't want to just give a plug and play program for people to follow and quit in two days. And to do that effectively, you have to do that linearly. So, you know, uh, through Dr. Walker, um, she's a PhD and she teaches education at University of Athens. We developed a, a linear learning program so people can learn as they are doing this work. So, yeah, you're doing exercise, but also you're learning as you're progressing. So we 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 give videos on a daily basis on, on nutrition and mindset, little bits of programming, kind of change the way you think, the way you see things, so that these things take effect. And what the, what it, the way it works is, it really that studies show that it takes 66 days 
to change a habit. So that's why our program is eight weeks. So um, that, that's what you have to implement is that. Yeah, and it's, it's impressive. Dr. Bridget Walker, who's on your team as part of your company, you have, you have utilized a lot of your resources in your atmosphere to create a program that really works well. I mean, I'm walking, living proof of that for sure. Yeah, we, we've done action test, testing over thousands of people. You know, we, we did the research and um, we've made things pliable and taken away things and added things. And, you know, until we got to a product that, you know, that we're happy with, the, the, the central premise of what we tried to deliver is, is a story. So we want you to understand it in your terms. So you can take this and put it on top of your head and understand it. And, um, and that's, the, that's the idea. You know, everybody understands things a little bit differently. So that's why you have a coach and an educator assigned to you to be able to kind of help you, you know, and assist, assist you with that. So, you know, and that's why that authenticity is, is important. It's someone that is going to be with you and that curious about you. That's not going to be inundated with a hundred people. You know, we, we have a promise of only 10 clients per coach and um, we stick with that. So that's where we are. I love that. That's great. And it, we understand in, in the arts world, I, we understand that sort of whole idea of being authentic. It's something we have to do every time we step on stage, every time we step into the studio, the classroom, because what we do, we're not building space shuttles. We're not, you know, mm. putting, Computers, we're dealing with not just voices, but hearts and minds in the arts field. And so that that connection, that empathetic connection, that authenticity resonates with the people in my world so much. And so to have that transcend what we do and go out in our lives in, in terms of who we are and who we are mentally, who we are physically, and that, that factors into all the work that you and I have done together over time. To, we understand that authenticity and we seek it out. And so that right. makes what you do very special for sure. Well, you know, and, you know, we're talking about frequency and that kind of stuff earlier. And once, you know, and we were talking about my initial idea, you know, once you start to think about that you want to change your life or if you want to lose weight, the universe is going to present you with a lot of different ideas, you know? And so, you know, once, so I think that's probably the answer that you asked me, you know, if someone's, wanting to start with the process um the, the thing to do is is just start educating yourself you know and then the universe the universe will give you the rest you know and continue to work through it don't quit you know the only way you can lose at anything is if you quit so just don't quit you know and that's the way to win yeah. you're going right. to find some adversity you're going to find some things you're going to hit some walls and you know you got to understand what is in the way becomes the way yeah um, and you know adversity is part of life you got to learn to work through it that's correct and you know you bring up a great point because of the ice I have a great team of people that have worked with me I've been blessed I think it's God sending people into my life at the right time and uh, you know I have a great therapist that I met and then you and I met just totally by chance I wanted to do CrossFit and I drove by your gym every day I was like oh what is this and they came in and you were like, I don't, I want to talk to you about these other things. And so the minute we started talking about all of that together, I knew that was exactly what I needed. You were in the right place at the right time. Or the universe put you in the right place. It wasn't me. Well, <laughs> it was great because it has made, it has made a lasting 
change in my life. And as someone who has chased fitness and chased all of this in my entire life, this is the first time that those three things, my mental health, my fitness, and my nutrition have come together in such a great way with two great coaches between you and my, my, my therapist, Megan, you guys have just been great in my life. And so when it happens, it's amazing. And I'll tell you guys, you know, I do things now that I never thought I would do in my life. And it's not, it is because, not because I set out with that goal in mind to do races and do things like that. But I just, every day, I just did something and just kept moving forward and tried to do something that I thought was hard at first. And so here we are, all of these things have come together. So Brian, any parting thoughts you have for those people out there about getting started, we're, you know, we're going to have resor your resources up and your website up if they want to reach out and contact you. You know, I think a good story. Uh, um, I've, I've worked with Spartan.com a little bit and there's a guy that owns uh, Spartan named Joe Jacina and he's got a book and in his book, he, he tells us he was a stockbroker. He tells a story where he's a, uh, he decides to walk away from stop, stop trading or whatever he did. And he was going to do the Iditarod on foot, which is, if you don't know what the Iditarod, it's like a, a trek across Alaska with dogs, but he did it on foot. So you got a bunch of crazy people together and they did it before he opened up Spartan. And they were walking across this, what they thought this was this mountaintop to another mountaintop. And it was actually a valley. So they stepped off into it and fell to the bottom of the valley through the snow. And they were stuck in wedges. And basically, they fell into an avalanche. So they were just enveloped in snow. And their little guide said, hey, we don't think we're going to be able to get through this. This is probably it. They could still hear, hear each other talking. But they survived it. He created Spartan and all this other stuff. And he says in the book, you know, from that point forward, everything was more quiet. And so, and what, where that equates to it with us and, and you know, in work and, and things like that, the harder things that you do in your life, the easier and more happy you will be. And so this, this is what kind of has happened within COVID, right? We all got thrown into this really soft lifestyle. So now that everything is, has been soft, so that even little things are even a little bit harder, extremely hard, right? So if you want to change that process, start doing hard things. Wake up every morning and think about what's the hardest thing that you can do today. And then maybe just walking outside for five minutes. Great. Turn that into a mile. Great. Turn that in two miles. Great. Turn in three miles. Great. Run one mile. Great. Continue that process. And as you see, as you start this process of doing harder things, all these little smaller things like, you know, getting mad at someone at the red light will go away. You'll be so much more happy. Okay. So that's, that's pretty much it. That's a great story to end with. I love that. Yeah. So you guys that follow me, I'll be sharing my story in an upcoming video uh, in a couple of weeks about my journey uh, and, and how I worked through this process and ended up in the Spartan race and what that meant to me. And so anyway, but I, I want to end on that beautiful story. Uh, Brian, your, your website is shutupeatclean.com. It's a great program. So we're going to post uh, his website and any other information. If you guys want to chime in, when you go to the YouTube channel, just like and subscribe, you know, comment, and we'll put you guys in touch with Coach Brian if you'd like to get in touch with him. But also, you can go through his website and he'll set up an appointment with you, talk you through this process. And Brian, thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate everything you've done for me and everything you continue to do for people in my world. So 
Well, I appreciate your hard work. And I told you initially when you first started that people that are that are hard chargers, people that, that can handle, you know, lar- large loads do well within my program. And here we are. You did well. So, you know, it's just a testimony to you, really. It's nothing to do with me. You know, you just got to have the right kind of wind and you can go. I'm eternally grateful. All right, guys. So we'll see you in the next uh, in the next go around. But I want to thank Brian for joining me tonight. And uh, we'll see you in the next segment. Bye, y'all. Thank <laughs> you.